Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. You know, people are going to start to think Sabrina and I are super shallow, which I'm comfortable saying I am. I am too. That we, especially during all of this crazy and during quarantine, you know, let's be honest, we've all fallen apart completely. And we're constantly talking about how to look good and feel good. So today we're going to focus a little bit more on feeling good from the inside out and that when you don't feel good on the inside, how you can fake it. On the outside, we have two great guests. We have Kimberly Snyder, who is the founder of Saluna Products and everything associated with it. You're a multi-time New York selling best New York Times best-selling author, uh, which is really interesting. Uh, called the Beauty Detox in a series and Radical Beauty, which you co-wrote with Deepak Chopra. You are also, oh God, all these hyphens. A nutritionist, a yoga teacher, a spiritual meditation teacher, but not to be outdone. We also have Cassandra Bankson, who is acne. See, I got this acne warrior, skincare expert, medical esthetician, personal trainer, nutritionist. What am I missing? All around person who loves animals and looking good you know, when I don't feel my best. <laughs> okay. So we got a lot of my, my, uh, multiple hyphenate people with us today. So welcome ladies. Yes. And oh my goodness for you podcasters that can't see these ladies are gorgeous. So obviously they must be doing something right. They're super glowy. Oh I'm my like, goodness. Dewy, glowy, all of the above. Yeah, and they don't look like they've gained weight during quarantine, which is really right. absolutely annoying. Right. Um, well, I definitely gained weight. I just had a baby a few, uh, now a few months ago. So congratulations. You look amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You don't have that post baby, big neck, big arm thing going for you. Well, I probably did for a while, but now it's been a little bit. So things are coming back to the center. It, it, It takes a while. They say nine months on nine months off. Wow. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Sorry to, sorry to give you that bad news. Got a little bit more time left, but it definitely feels better than being pregnant. I was quite exhausted. Absolutely. But Cassandra, I mean, Kimberly, I want to start with you. Okay. You talk about the four cornerstones of living your best life. Yes. What are they? So the cornerstones are food, body, emotional well-being, and spiritual growth. And the way I developed these is earlier in my career, I used to, I used to, live with my clients. So whoa, 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 whoa. Well, first of all, what do you mean you lived with your clients? I know it sounds very strange, but in the, you know, um, in the beginning I was very, 
mobile. I didn't have kids yet. So most of my, most all of my clients were actors and a couple musicians, but I would live with them during the shooting of a film. So I would either live in the guest house or sometimes if they rented an enormous house, I would just be in one of the guest rooms. And I would work very closely, sometimes with one actor or sometimes if it was an ensemble cast, I would work with up to four actors. And it was a complete immersive experience. So I learned different body types. I worked with men and women. Um, I, I helped people gain weight, lose weight, gain muscle, look younger for films. Um, I worked with Channing Tatum for 21 Jump Street. So we had to make them look like high schoolers. Um, so I've had a lot of in-depth experience working closely with people. But were you, I, working, were, you, were you working with them as a nutritionist? Were you working with oh. them as, I mean, what was your specific title? Because normally you got to have a title for the studio to pay for you. Exactly. So officially, to your point, I was the nutritionist. Okay. But I will say that nutrition was maybe, you know, 15% of what I did, 20%. The rest was really these cornerstones, which now I'm talking about more publicly. Um, so food is obvious. It's the wellness. That's where the wellness journey, I think, starts for most people. Because you pick up food. We have to eat every day. You smell it. You touch it. You can see it. Um, so we start there, but food will take you so far. You'll get an amazing results from food. You can clear up your skin. You can reduce inflammation. You can get energy. Um, but again, there's a limit to food. So then we go into a body and they're not necessarily sequential, but body is everything besides food. So it's how you take care of your skin, which is your largest organ. It's the supplements you take. It's the way that you move, the way that you exercise, the way that you sleep. So we're meant to have an embodied experience. So, so many people are so disconnected from their bodies. A lot of people say to me, I don't know when I'm really hungry. I don't know what I'm supposed to eat. I don't know if this is a toxic relationship. So it's getting more in touch with our body. And then third is emotional well-being slash mental health. And my last book, which is called Recipes for Your Perfectly Imperfect Life, I found all this research with specifically bloating and inflammation correlated with our thought patterns and what we tell ourselves. And you know when you get into a loop, like you stay angry at someone or maybe you hold on to body shame or you keep telling yourselves the same thought, it gets stuck in your head. And that's exactly what gets mirrored in your body. What bloating is, is when the food doesn't pass through. So there's that same sort of stuck energy. So in all ways, we really want to take care of our stress, feel our feelings. Um, there's a lot I could say about that. But then quickly, the fourth one is spiritual growth, which I define as the path to really understanding yourself and connecting to your true self. And when I talk about true beauty, it's your inner essence, your uniqueness. So when you go in here, you start to calm down, you start to connect with yourself, then it helps you, you know, everything from food cravings to not being competitive or comparing yourself with other women, just having more confidence, having more Shakti, we say in, in yoga and Sanskrit, just more um, glow coming through. So they all work together. And that's always how I worked with clients. We would meditate together. I would make them food. We talk about emotional stuff. It was really this whole system that I'm teaching today. And what, what I think, and Kimberly, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated because what people can't see is you're counting things off. You put your hand over your heart. You're like very <laughs> engaged in this. Um, but before I, I move on, you were... You graduated magna cum laude from Georgetown. Yes. They don't really teach this at Georgetown. No. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I mean? How did you go, how did you say to your parents, hi, I'm going to take this ridiculously expensive education and <laughs> I'm going to go be a wellness expert, which is not, last time I checked, a field of study at schools like Georgetown. 
So not not only that, Melissa, imagine my parents have saved and they pay for this amazing experience. And by the way, I went, I was going to be a doctor. So I had a partial science and math scholarship. And But even so. I interned in a, in a hospital one summer and I was like, mm, this isn't for me. So against, you know, my family and my mother being an immigrant, you know, there's that immigrant mentality where you want your kids to be their best. My mother comes from the Philippines. Well, and um, a very traditional career path. Very you know. traditional, like, oh, if you don't want to be a doctor, why don't you go into finance, you know? Right, or a lawyer. Yeah, you need to do that very professional, straight line. But good uh, for you. Good for yeah, you. But, uh, yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with that, but it just wasn't it wasn't for me. So what happened was I ended up studying abroad my junior year, and I caught the most extreme case of the travel bug. <laughs> oh, I, God. I went to Indonesia, and I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do, but I think I can travel for a while. So I saved up some money, and I ended up backpacking for three years, <laughs> which you know, I would meet people, <laughs> and then I would you know, go off with these you know, Israeli people or these English backpackers. Anyways, the point is, I was out of the Western world for three years. So I was mostly in Asia and Africa. I camped in Africa for seven months. I just drove through 15 countries. And then in Asia, I was there for over a year and a half. And I was in China for three months, India for three months, you name it, Mongolia, uh, Thailand, all around. And the reason this is important to the story is, you guys, I was out of Western media, Western ideas for three years. I wasn't in Europe. I wasn't in Australia. I wasn't in Canada. And this is when I took a step back and I started looking at energy. I started looking at beauty in a totally different way. I started looking at um, connection and, you know, spiritual, everything just came from that trip. So while my parents were like, oh my God, we just wasted over a hundred grand <laughs> and our daughter's like hanging out in, you know, Zambia for a couple of months. Um, I was actually learning and I was unlearning a lot and I was, you know, creating my own ideas. And when I came back, I did go back to nutrition school and I was doing more learning and training and yoga. But um, but that backpacking trip and being with those women, those amazing women, especially in Africa and Asia, is where my uh, philosophy really did come from. And now, Cassandra, you took a little bit of a different route. You were a model. Yes. So it was actually really difficult. I grew up with severe chronic cystic acne and kind of like Kimberly was saying, you know, you don't have this relationship with understanding yourself or understanding your beauty. Um, I know you can't see it now, but my skin was covered in acne blemishes and marks. And you've put up pictures of, of this on your yeah. Instagram, but also you're on your wildly popular YouTube channel. Yeah. And honestly, that was back in 2010. It's when nobody really cared. And I thought, oh, nobody will see it. But I was living a double, double life. It felt like I was a hypocrite in my own skin because Melissa, you know, one day I would show up to a model casting. I would have foundation on because I could conceal my blemishes. But then, you know, I would go home, I would take that off. And I was this emotionally hurting, distraught, um, depressed individual. And I was like, okay, this makeup is this shield to get me through every single day. But you, know? you, and we're not talking about a blemish here and a blemish there. You, from the time you were a teenager, had severe acne. 
Yes. Over 24 doctors and dermatologists um, struggled to help. And that's when I was like, okay, well, if you can't do it, I'll become one. And that started the path to understanding my skin, sharing it on YouTube, becoming a medical esthetician, and then further studying how does nutrition play into this? Like Kimberly said, how does meditation impact, you know, how we see ourselves and then therefore our stress levels? And it's fascinating. You know, we like to think of the body as, oh, skin or, oh, your diet, you know, or, oh, your heart and lungs, but everything is connected, right? It's this beautiful beautiful system. And if one piece is miss, this one piece is malfunctioning, the others won't function either. Um, so that was really, that was a revelation for me at 16. <laughs> at 16. That's when I stepped away from the modeling industry. Um, 16 to 19, I was really, really struggling. And I was like, okay, what does beauty actually mean to me? You know, what, what good is looking like a model in a magazine if other girls are comparing themselves to me, but I don't right. look like that model on the billboard. One of the things you do, I saw on your YouTube videos, which I love, is you identify Photoshopping, which yeah. I, which is like totally great. How, how did you get started But with that? I mean, it does make all of us feel a bit better. I mean, I've had a number of shoots where they've lengthened my legs. And I look, I'm like, wow, I don't look that bad. And then I realize, wow, that's not me. And like you said, Melissa, it started off by looking at myself in the mirror, looking at myself in the magazine. And I was like, the model in the magazine doesn't even look like that. I compare myself to all these other girls, these women. Why am I doing this? They're my sisters, not my competition. Right. Right. And then I was like, okay, how is this media making us feel bad about ourselves? I know that I feel better when I see someone's before and after I can still respect their beauty, but why can't we respect reality as well? And that's when I just started posting. Here's what I look like without the filters. Here's like this amazing photoshopped photo of me in Ireland on the side of a cliff. And like, here's the actual mud that was on my dress. Here's the dog who bit my leg the day before. Um, and it was almost cathartic, right? It's like exposing the industry and dismantling beauty standards. And do you, do you, oh, go ahead. You were living in your truth. And I think that if more women could hear that, they would love themselves more and feel more value than it's a competition. Yeah. And so that's what you see on social media. You're like, you're aspiring to look like blah, blah, blah. I got to look like a Kardashian. I got to, you know, put a weight trainer on whatever, you know, it's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. And Sabrina, I really, I appreciate you bringing that up because it really makes you check in, especially quarantine. What makes you feel beautiful? If you're not getting ready to go to work every day, you know, if you don't have to put on makeup or high heels, what actually makes you feel beautiful? And I found that when I saw other women, other people just embracing themselves unconditionally, it helped me say, okay, I have these blemishes, but is my identity more than just what I look like? You know, what sets me apart from everyone else, what sets you apart from everyone else is the actions you take, the things you do, the impact you have on this world has nothing to do with your appearance. So why don't we choose things that make us look and feel good as opposed to just trying to please everyone else, right? Uh, yeah, yes, I agree. But I, I just want to loop back around to something much more shallow. Which I was going to say, really... she's going back to the shallow end of the pool. Isn't follow it, us, please. Follow it, us. Yeah, follow me. I'll be carrying the cocktail back to the shallow end. <laughs> um, how can you tell when somebody has, when, when a photo, especially of a celebrity, has been photoshopped? What are the telltale signs? Some of the easiest things you can do is look at the background. Are there lines in the background that should be vertical or horizontal and they're all bent? Mm -hmm. Also, um, you know, skin is my expertise. Real skin has pores. 
And if you see someone whose face is completely smoothed over, um, you know, it's likely that that's not reality. Which, by the way, it makes us all feel a little bit better. But Kimberly, you, and we're, I'm going back to your, that you lived with celebrities, you've worked with some of the most beautiful people in the world. And so I don't mean to, I guess the question is, I understand about it all being coming from the inside and that. I always feel like, and this is something I struggle with, it's very easy for people who look like that to discuss inner beauty and it coming from the inside out. You know, when you look like Channing Tatum or you look like Kerry Washington or you look like Bella Hadid or whomever, it's very easy to say, oh, but it's really not about what you look like. It's really about what's inside. Yeah, it is when you look like Elle McPherson. Yeah, so I think, you know, a couple of things I would say to that. And that's, by the way, that's not a criticism. It's just an honest feeling. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, if we're talking about conventional beauty standards, there's obviously people that are born with certain features and certain bodies. And, you know, that there is a genetic component to that. But when we talk about um, the, the way I define beauty, you know, when we talk about beauty, it's it's so much more than the surface. And I know we want to talk about the fun, shallow stuff, but even like the way someone appears, if someone is um, sort of like, you know, like in their head and they feel disconnected and they feel stressed, you may look at them for a minute and be like, oh, that's a beautiful nose or beautiful eyes, but then you kind of pass through. But when someone's really glowing, when someone has their light coming through and this shows up in, on screen, this shows up when someone's acting, it shows up when someone's taking a picture, this shows up in life, there is um, a quality, like a, a light of beauty that comes from inside, even if you're trying to look physically beautiful, that does come when you take a deeper approach, whether someone's born with perfect features or not, everybody still struggles with the same things. Um, and I've always found, you know, in my cornerstones, food, body, emotions, spirituality, if somebody ignores one or two of the cornerstones, so let's say someone has a lot of stress and they're not dealing with their emotions and their, you know, their relationships are a mess. You mean my, you mean my, my dry skin and my hair that's gotten brittle? Are we <laughs> discussing that? <laughs> well, if, if people, you know, ignore one or two, then they tend to obsess about right. one or two or the other one. So that's when people come to me and they're like, I know there's more to food. I know I may be missing this one supplement or maybe there's more to learn. There's this biohacking, um, you know, device. Like it's all this one thing. And I say, no, we've gone far enough here. If you want to really feel good and that comes out and that does show up on your face. I always say stress shows on your face. Happiness shows on your face. Anger shows on your face. So let's work on all By these. By the way, I, I agree 100%. And I would say, you know, not only that, time marches across your face. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true too. But I think that, you know, Kimberly has a great point. Oh, you great have to points. you have to address the total being, the total person. You're oh. not just one component of your being, you know, whether it's spiritual, all of that stuff, it matters. It all and it all shows. And like you had said, like your skin is your biggest organ. Yeah. And I know for myself when I'm not drinking enough water or I'm overtired, of course that you you always see it in your skin and your hair. Immediately when you see when something's off. Exactly. And we think we, we want to be beautiful. We want to be seen. Why? So if you keep asking the why, it's because, you know, you keep going down. It's because we want to be loved and accepted and feel good within ourselves. I do. I am very intrigued by the whole mind-body connection world, especially when it applies to beauty. 
and I do, as much as I, I love saying I'm very, very shallow, and that's, I think, just self-awareness, um, I do believe that there is a component with, you know, being at peace, whatever that means, you know, being healthy, all those different components. Um, so I find it really interesting that, especially like in Radical Beauty, is that the book you did with Deepak Chopra? Yes. Um, what I find so interesting is with both of you, the industries that you're in are very crowded, yet you've both, I don't want to use the word disruptors, mm-hmm. um, you've both managed to cut through the noise. And that's usually by being a little bit of a disruptor. Yes. Did it, did, Cassandra, did you, re, when did you realize that with your videos that you were suddenly becoming a voice and a little bit by being disruptive, by calling things out? She was breaking the mold of, of, yeah, but, I mean, did, of how everybody did, sees things. Right. But also like with testing products, with saying this is, you know, Photoshop, this is, I mean, it was an interest you you started basically calling things out calling bs yeah, yeah. It, you know i had almost a million subscribers when i was talking about makeup and i realized all of my acne posts are doing better and you know this was back in 2010 it was like the first time anyone had really exposed their bare skin and like spoken so openly about this who wasn't just pushing like a dermatology product you know a pill or a prescription which can definitely be helpful but it's also like okay why is there, why are there so many lies in this industry? How can we cut through that? Like you said, and I think that what it was is also knowing how I want to feel, you know, again, back to what Kimberly said, what is the purpose of looking good? I've worked with models internationally. Would you rather be the most beautiful model on the runway? Who's crying backstage, who hasn't eaten all day and feels miserable and can't embrace her own beauty? Or would you, and I'm just generalizing there, Or would you rather be the girl who has a couple of blemishes or, you know, she has a scar on her arm or, you know, she has some sort of deformity because when she was younger, something happened to her ear. She fell off her bike, but she radically accepts herself. She walks in other people's stare because she has such a smile or because she's so genuine. And I think that, you know, when we stand from our values, when we know what we care about and what we bring to this world, we're able to radiate that beauty because it's in the eye of the beholder. Right. But how do we find that for ourselves? Right, it, which makes me want to ask Kimberly, to be able to work with someone like Deepak Chopra thrusts you into a completely different category publicly. Yes. How did that relationship come to be? So my first two books, um, I always say, I always write about and share about what I'm going through in my journey. So my first two books were very nutrition focused. And this is when I was figuring things out for myself. Um, I've always had a really um, contentious relationship with food. I had eating disorders in high school and then I gained a bunch of weight and I had a lot of acne too. Um, so I was learning how to really take care of myself without dieting. So that was my focus. But then I started really, um, expanding the lifestyle. I was working with all these people and I was seeing, Hey, it's not just about food. So my third book started talking about chakras and energy. And I was bringing in yogic philosophy and talking about the psychology of food cravings. And I took that book because it was bridging East and West, similar to, you know, what Deepak has always done. I sent it to him to get a quote. I don't have the I have a lot of my other books here. Here's me and Deepak's book. <laughs> but I don't see that book. And he he loved it. And he said, oh, let's meet for coffee. 
So actually in Santa Monica, Melissa, I forget which one. It was on Montana, um, the coffee shop. I totally primo, whatever. Right. There's like six of them all within a block. Mm-hmm. It's across <laughs> the street from Starbucks. It's right there on the corner. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you know, you know. Exactly. I know, baby. Yes, yes I, I and do. It's across, and there's now a Medi Spa, but it used to be... Mm-hmm. Um, now it's a Medi Spa. There's a drugstore and a Medi Spa right it was next door. Spa, but they had all the natural products. They were mm-hmm. one of the first ones to carry all like the natural exactly. stuff. That mm-hmm. whole strip is, is amazing. So anyway, so we went to this coffee shop and we sat down and we just started talking. And we ended up sitting there for two and a half hours. And at the end of two and a half hours on the napkin, we decided to write a book. We come up with the book title, which was Radical Beauty and like dispelling this idea of beauty and how you can really get a deeper sense. And um, we had sketched out the chapters. So it really happened just like that. And then, yeah, so that was uh, uh, three, three books ago now. So we keep, wow. you know, we, we've collaborated a lot. We've done videos, we've done content together. And it just helped me really um, come forward and say, hey, I'm not just a nutritionist, but, you know, really the heart of what I teach is about connecting inside. So it is, um, you know, walking the spiritual path and how that applies to our modern life. And yeah, it just continued to evolve and develop. Did you feel pressure that suddenly you became a public figure? So I was a public public figure more in the nutrition world before that you know i was i was regularly doing the today show and Dr. Right, but i Hoffman. mean like being thrust into a whole yes but different universe being like it's thrust into this universe of spirituality and being seen you know in in the light of being a meditation teacher it was amazing you know and i think when we when we start working with our idol because i had read so many books of Deepak's, i think we go through a period of intense self-doubt and we think, you know, am I good enough? Like, you know, who am I to be doing this? And all this, you know, I get so many questions in my podcast too about confidence, about feeling that we're enough. And again, to me, it becomes a very clear answer, you know, talking about beauty. If we only identify with how our face looks, which we know is going to change, and how our hair looks, which we know is going to change, and how our body looks, and we may gain weight here and there around the holidays, then we are always going to feel lack. We are always going to look outside of ourselves and compare, and we're never going to feel good in a sustainable way. But if we connect into our uniqueness and our soul, and this is something, you know, uh, Deepak talks about a lot. We certainly talked about it in Radical Beauty. This is our, this is where our confidence comes from. This is where our security comes from. This is where our power comes from. So we can have fun and we can try all the sparkly makeup and do all the stuff out here, but we don't identify with it. So it means our self-worth doesn't go up and tank as we get a zit or we gain 10 pounds because we all do sometimes. Yeah, sort of the same question is you went from just sort of posting these things and seeing that they got popular to suddenly becoming an expert well, or being being perceived as an expert. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It was one of those things where, you know, starting off, I could not walk upstairs in the morning and go to high school and eat breakfast with my family without pounds of makeup on because I felt like my skin was such a burden mm-hmm. that like I was a waste of space or a waste of air, you know? And when you hear that, you know, at school, when you see kids in the grocery store, look up at you, grab their mom's wrist and say, what's wrong with her face? Mm-hmm. Like this is an innocent child, right? You have a really hard time not taking that personally. Mm-hmm. But when I started to figure out, okay, I, I basically, I was, I've had a couple of all time lows. And you're like, what is life worth living, right? And you kind of come up with this idea that, okay, if you find things that you're truly passionate about, or if I can help other people through this struggle, 
is my struggle worth anything? Does it make sense to share or try to help others through this? Um, I wish that I had like a big sister, like an acne big sister who could have talked to me about some of these things or pointed out the Photoshop and said, well, she's beautiful, but that's not exactly reality. Mm-hmm. Even just kind of comparing a circle to a square, what's better, the square or the circle? They're just shapes, right? Right. What about fat and thin? Why does one of those have a negative connotation? Mm-hmm. And can we like, can we give that power? Can we reclaim that mm-hmm. and say, no, this is a shape. Like, look at all these body, body positive models that we have on Instagram, like Tess Holiday, Ashley Graham. We don't see them as ugly, but how can we attribute this size to being something negative? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, a lot of marketers, a lot of companies mm-hmm. are selling us not just products, but ideas. Right. And those ideas make us feel like we need their products to fix our flaws. Mm-hmm. But what if we don't have flaws? We have features. Right. And I really started studying. I wanted to understand this. My goal is to become a dermatologist and I'm still a couple years away, but I wanted to understand and then be able to empower others through that. That's also- a Sorry. fascinating, a fascinating way to look at it. Um, speaking of products, because I do want to always get to you know, I understand and, and looking good really does come from the inside. But let's be honest, everybody's looking for a little fix here well, and there. I, I gotta tell you something. I'm listening to these girls and just listening to Cassandra and she's like, you know, it's the features and you know, we really need to embrace our beauty. And all I can hear in my head is Kendrick Lamar saying, show me a stretch mark. That's all I can hear from his song because men don't always wanna see all this done up. They wanna see you who they connect with in your sweats and your t-shirts and your hair pulled back in a bun. Dean Cole said that to Melissa and I last week. He was like, I don't want all that. I wanna see you. That's who I'm gonna bang you later. (laughs) Wow, apparently someone got through to Sabrina from the woman who took stripper classes in her acrylic pole dancing classes back in the day. it It was exercise, but you know what? I'm from that school of little girls where you have your mother saying, and Melissa, you can relate. Go oh. put some lipstick on. Go, yeah. Do you not know. leave the house without your face on. Or as my mom would say, no, I'm glad you think you're cute without makeup. You're not. Or not, you're not. She would say, I don't think you're, and I know you think it's cute not to wear makeup, but a little lipstick wouldn't hurt. Right, because as little girls during a certain era, that's what you, you always had to look your best and be pretty and be Oh, on. my mother never left the house without looking perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. But I do want to know, especially from you, Cassandra, because you test a lot of products. What works and what doesn't? That's one of my favorite videos. And what beauty trend is real and what beauty trend needs to go the way of the dodo? We love that. Yes. Okay, Melissa, if you could see what's around me, there's like 16 different piles of boxes. Some of them are products that are just trash. Others are like, ooh, research this more. I've got like my favorites over there in a pile. Um, You know, I have bookshelves, but those got filled up. I love products and I love playing with them because I found a passion for cosmetic chemistry. And who would have known that like playing with makeup, I did it as a necessity. It was more artistic, but like what I really love is the science. And just fantastic. Yeah, and what works and what doesn't, I don't think people really dig deep. But what works are active ingredients. What works are things that have been either proven to work or are being tested to work. When you read any product, don't just read the front. They could call it anti-aging. They could call it lifting. They could call it acne clearing. Well, where's the evidence? Turn it around. 
read those ingredients lists. Those are going to be the first hints as to what this product can actually do. And then don't be afraid to look for before and after photos. See what people are tagging on Instagram. Look for things like filters and blurs um, because you want to make sure that you're not being served, you know, photoshopped before and afters, right? Right. Um, but really just kind of, it's kind of like understanding your body, right? How do I feel when I wake up in the morning? Do I want food immediately? Should I wait a little bit? How do I feel after I exercise? How does a product make your skin feel? Um, and it really is, you know, formulation, active ingredients. And what's your, what's your hero? What's your hero product or ingredient? Okay. So one of my hero ingredients are AHA and BHA acids. These are fantastic. And I feel like they're finally getting the light they deserve. These are acids that actually, you know, exfoliate the outer layers of the skin, but they can penetrate into the skin. And there's some research showing that they can actually stimulate collagen. Now, if you have a prescription or if you know a doctor, the gold standard is retinoic acid, mm -hmm. the best stuff you can get. Uh, you can get it over the counter. It's called retinol. But basically this was created for people like me who are acne sufferers, for people with chronic acne. And then as these people grew up, they're like, wait, doctors looking at me, why am I not scarring? Why do my wrinkles look better? And they realized, oh, the mechanism by which this product is working isn't just getting rid of acne. It's stopping scars. It's stop stopping, you know, irregular pigment marks. It's stopping wrinkles. Um, so if you have a prescription, that's where you should go. So we should be, re first of all, reading the back of bottles and those are your hero. Uh, turn and learn. Turn the bottle around. What yeah. is the biggest, what's, what's been the biggest trend that you've just rolled your eyes out? At, ro rolled your eyes at? Oh, there are so many. One of the biggest trends that I've rolled my eyes at that most people roll on their face are these things called derma rollers or microneedling. When done in cosmetic offices and in dermatology clinics, they are so helpful. They're needles that go into the skin, right? And they can stimulate uh, collagen production. They can stop scarring. They can help with acne. But if you're doing this at home, would you take your own blood work at home? Would you do your own surgery? Well, just, maybe. Oh, right. I've done a lot of self-surgery on, we all have on our skin. Right? Well, it's like, and you, you, you know, feel your cheekbones with me. Do you feel how your bones are closer up here? Whereas yeah. feel down on your cheek and kind of that soft area, you're going to need a different needle size depending on where you're going. These little rollers, you can't sanitize them properly. How do you store them properly? You can't adjust the needle size. Um, these derma rolling things at home really make me cringe. And you see people use them wrong. They get infections. You know, they have, we have bacteria and funguses that naturally live on our face. If we spread those when they shouldn't be spread, we can make acne. We can make it's called uh, pseudofolliculitis, but it looks like acne. We can Ooh, make conditions. That so doesn't sound, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> but like if we're using one of these anti-aging or lifting devices and it's making it worse, we're being counterproductive, right? So there's this, you know, this kind of line of like, okay, this is safe to do at home versus see the experts for this, you know, and, and what products do you use alongside with them? That's, uh, by the way, you are not a friend of mine who's a plastic surgeon who we've had on the show. My friend Lisa Castles says the exact same thing about those home rollers, which is if you want to do it to make yourself feel better and make your product maybe get in a little deeper, fine, but it is not legit. That's something you must do at the doctor's. Well, even Melissa, getting product in deeper, what if you're getting the wrong product in deeper? That's not good, right? You know what? Now you're just making my head hurt. No, she's, <laughs> she's got some really valid no, information. Kidding. I love Shit, it. Now I got to worry about that too. It's not YouTube videos about it. Just Google. Just, you know, speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> so Kimberly, what's, you have a great line. What is your hero product? You're one I can't live without. I can't travel without. Oh, shoot me if I can't use this before bed. 
Okay, so my number one product, it is our number one seller, but the one thing that I will never skip, the one thing all my clients use are our SBO probiotics. And probiotics have started to, you know, and gut health has been this huge thing the last few years. But back in 2011, when I wrote my first book, I was talking about gut health back then because of my bloating, my inflammation, my acne, all these different things. So it's become very popular. But just like anything else, there's tons of different options. There's a lot of misinformation out there. You go to Whole Foods, there's the ones in the refrigerator, there's the ones that are not. And the right probiotics can dramatically change your life. When I started taking SBO probiotics, my skin cleared up, my energy went up, I was able to start losing weight, the spaciness in my brain cleared up, I had candida, I had all sorts of things. So SBO stands for soil-borne organisms. It's really important to, to understand. Soil-borne means these are the probiotics that live in the dirt and the soil. So all of our ancestors, whether they come from Africa or the Philippines or England or wherever, they had one thing in common, and that's they didn't have running water. So they would literally pull the carrots and the bok choy up, and our ancestors, all of them, ate a little bit of dirt and soil on unwashed fruits and veggies. And that is how they got their probiotics. So it's not some man-made formula. And if you just base it on numbers, you'll see, you know, capsules that say 50 billion culture count. And it's really easy to pack in bifidobacterium or certain um, lower price strains for marketing. But what really works is mother nature. So these types of probiotics survive your stomach acid and they get into your gut and they implant. And you can have them with or without food. You don't have to refrigerate them. So you take two a day, I take two in the morning. Or if you remember, you could take one in the morning, one in the evening. But for me, it's just easier to take them both at once. And it is, again, gut health, um, To the when it's done properly, will transform so many things, including your energy and your skin. Um, so that's our hero product. And that's the one thing I never skip. Take it when I'm pregnant, take it when I'm not, take it when I'm nursing now, um, through all the different phases of life. Well, ladies, this has been so much fun and so amazing. I'm so excited to have had the chance to talk to you. Kimberly Snyder, Cassandra Banks, and you guys can find them all online in their podcasts and their YouTube videos and their books. I mean, just just Google them. Ladies, thank, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you for helping, you know, everyone understand what beauty really means to them. I appreciate it. Thank you.